0: and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. My name is Charles Specht, I am your host. And I'm very grateful that you're here. Thank you for allowing me to speak into your ears a bit as we're coming to the close of 2021. I want to begin highlighting some of the main things that are going to help you build your book of business to a million dollars or more. And let me start with this. I want you just to tune out everything else for a moment. Quiet down. Just listen to this. Here it is. The broker of record letter, is the fastest, smartest, most ethical approach to building a $1 million or more book of business. The broker of record letter is the fastest, smartest, most ethical approach to building a $1 million or more book of business. I believe that with all of my heart, it is the focus on the curriculum that I actually teach, the content that I put out, and everything about the broker record letter has to be focused on a specific word. Can you guess what that word is? The word is permission. Permission. And there's a reason I call my company Permission, Permission Network Insurance Agency, Permission Sales. Because that really is the focus on what we have to accumulate from our prospects in order to be awarded a signature, in order to be awarded their business. We have to win their permission. And so I want you to think about it from the perspective of, first, let's define what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is not that you have my permission or anybody else's permission to go out and actually sell, you know, to go out and make your money, to go out and build your you know, sales empire, if you will. You don't need my permission to do that. You don't need anybody else's permission to do that. Get out of your own head. Just go out and actually do it. That's not the kind of permission that I'm talking about. It is a different type of permission, right? So Seth Godin wrote a book called Permission Marketing. In that book, he talks about all of the noise that's out there, and what really comes down to it is the idea of permission marketing, where you are resonating with people, and then they're listening, and they give you their attention, they give you their permission to actually speak to them more. That's a little bit about what I'm talking about. I want to talk about it from the perspective of permission sales. I want to talk about from the perspective of that we are providing content help. Service. We are lending a helping hand to actually help the prospect understand what it is that we provide, what the value is, what the intended outcome would be. In exchange for all of that, they give us their permission to move forward. So, with that said, I have a little bit of a tweak to that definition of permission because although I don't like that first one, we we're talking about, about all the noise and they really not even the one that Seth has in regards to permission marketing. But I'm talking about permission from the standpoint that listen to me, listen up, permission from the standpoint that you do not do anything in regards to putting together data. Proposals, you know, applications to the marketplace. Don't go to the marketplace. Don't submit. Don't do anything like that until the insured gives you permission. That's the whole idea. Don't actually begin doing free work. Don't work for free. If they do not give you permission, you do not have a client. You do not have a prospect. You have a suspect. And so the whole idea of gathering the insured's permission is necessary in order for you to actually have success in the entire outcome. Many insurance producers, however, do not focus on getting permission. They don't focus on winning permission. They focus on quoting. Quoting is for losers, literally. Losers quote because they tend not to win. That's why the incumbent agent, who technically has the insured's permission, that's why the incumbent agent retains the business on average 92% of the time. So going through the quoting process without first getting the permission from the insured to do what we want to do is the best way to lose, not win. Not getting the insured's permission. To do the things that you want to do is the best way to lose and not win. Want to waste your time? Want to completely waste your time? Hours, literally dozens, hundreds of hours of your life, days, Weeks of your life, your career wasted. why? Because you went through a quoting process when you didn't really have the permission. you were throwing together applications, hurrying it up, getting it out to the marketplace, seeing what sticks, playing the amateurs' role, and you didn't have permission and so you lost that 's what a lot of insurance brokers out there do, and then they claim it 's a numbers game well. I definitely think prospecting is a numbers game. I don't actually think quoting is a numbers game. I think there's a lot more strategy to it. I think there's a lot more things that you can do to put yourself in a stronger position. Gaining the insured's permission is one of the wisest things you can do. Gaining the insured's permission will allow you to get more signed broker of record letters. Remember, The fastest, smartest, most ethical approach to building a $1 million or more book of business is through signed broker of record letters. I say it's fast, it's smart, it's ethical. A signature on a broker of record letter is fast. That means you have a new client. Congratulations. Hold up that signed piece of paper. That is a trophy. Put it on your mantle. Whatever you do, that is the trophy. So it is fast. It is also smart. Again, quoting is not a wise thing to do. Blind quoting is something amateurs do. It's not very smart. But targeting permission and then the broker record letter is smart. It's wise. It is focused on persuasion. It's also ethical. Trying to hurry up and get to the marketplace and block out the incumbent agent or block out other agents is, I feel, fairly quasi-unethical. I don't think that's actually in the insured's best interest. I think you might be doing the insured a significant disservice if you try to hurry up and throw it all together and beat the incumbent agent to the marketplace if the, in, if the incumbent still has the insured's permission and not you. I don't think that's actually ethical. And so I do feel that going after the permission of the insured and not lifting a finger to go out and get loss runs or do uh, you know, risk management services or anything like that, don't do that until... You uncover enough problems, you present your solutions, you ask for what you want, You're granted permission. Ask for the carriers that you want. Ask to be able to represent them exclusively. Ask that you want to show up a certain day before the renewal. Ask that you expect to go through a a time and that you're gonna renegotiate with the underwriters. Ask for the things that you want. When you are granted that, you have the insurance permission. You do. That is the focus. So I wonder, I want you even to think about it. If you think about your own prospecting approach, you think about the times in which you are meeting with your prospects, You think about the times you have those conversations when you're sitting down even in their office or you're doing a virtual meeting. All of those times when you're there having a conversation with the prospect, how often are you really seeking the insured's permission with the intent of going for the jugular and asking for the broker record letter? Or how often are you fully expecting just to go through a quoting process because somebody has given you the time of day? Because somebody is willing to meet with you. Because somebody is willing to allow you to quote. You very often will go through the quoting process specifically just because somebody actually met with you. Now I get it. I totally get it. I'm an insurance agent just like you. I'm a licensed insurance agent. I understand how it works. I've been a producer just like you for about 10 years. And so I understand how it works. I totally get it. It's hard to prospect. It's hard to do cold calls. It's hard to set up an email drip campaign. It's hard to figure out LinkedIn. It's hard to do all of that with social media. It's hard, challenging, to actually begin walking into insurance buyer's place of business and try to talk to somebody who doesn't know you and probably doesn't appreciate the fact that you just walked in unsolicited with COVID breath all over yourself. They probably don't appreciate it. It's hard to walk through a conference room and a networking event and try and find people that might be able to set up... Um, meetings with you in the future. It's hard to do that. Why? Because nobody likes being rejected. I don't like being rejected. You, nobody likes being rejected. Prospecting is difficult. Prospecting doesn't happen very often, frankly, when it comes to salespeople. We tend to find other things to do. And therefore, when we do prospecting and we finally get a fish on the hook and somebody's willing to meet with us, one of the last things that we want to do is sort of ruin it So that they don't allow us to quote, so that they say, you know what, on second thought, I just don't want to go through this process. I'm not going to work with you. But can I just tell you that that very rarely ever happens? And when I'm telling you to to not go through the quoting process, to not even begin to, to put together an application, to gather lost ones or anything like that, at no time am I saying be rude. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I want you to be tactical. I want you to be professional. I want you to have a reason for what you do. I want you to focus on winning the insured's trust, gaining their permission, and therefore collecting signatures. That's the focus. That's the focus behind everything that I teach. That's the focus behind all of my digital courses, my coaching, my content. It's behind the podcast. It's everything that I do. When I'm doing any speaking engagements, it's the focus on getting permission. Everything. The, the broker of record letter is a tool. The broker of record letter is a tool to eventually get us to a point in which we have a paying customer. It's a tool. It's a tool in the marketplace. The insurance carriers accept it as a tool for the most part. Insurance brokers accept it as a tool for the most part. Insurance buyers accept it as a tool for the most part. The broker of record letter, I call it a tool, is because it is the insurance buyers, the insureds, last resort to ensure proper service. If the incumbent agent decides not to service them like they want to be serviced, doesn't offer services, becomes rude, whatever it is, the last resort that the insured has is to sign their insurance over to somebody else. So the broker of record letter or even the threat of it hanging out there in the open is there to ensure proper service by the incumbent. Because frankly, if you got a new client today, you could do absolutely nothing to help that insured over the course of the 12 months and they are stuck with you if there's no broker of record letter. You could provide nothing. You could be rude. You could just not even answer their telephone calls. (laughs) Ha ha, you want an endorsement on your auto policy? Yeah, take a hike. (laughs) Ha, you want a certificate of insurance? Go figure, right? You could actually choose to do that. Your agency could be so rude that that's how you would treat a prospect. Now, no doubt most wouldn't ever do that, but I mean, frankly, you could. And the last resort that the insurance buyer has is to sign a broker of record letter transferring their policies from one agency to another who's going to give them what they want. So the broker of record letter, my friends, is a tool. That's all that it is. But it is a valuable tool. It is the most valuable piece of paper in the insurance business, a signed broker of record letter. It means that you have my permission. When your insured signs a broker of record letter, they have given you their permission in signature form. They have said, I now am trusting you going forward. I want you to represent me to this insurance carrier. I want you to represent me to the insurance carriers out there for my renewal. I want you and your service team to be servicing my account for the next 12 months. That's what a signed broker of record letter is. It is a tool, but the actual signature of it is permission in signature form. It is black and white, ink on a piece of paper. That demonstrates that you have crossed over from being just another insurance agent out there to now somebody who is fully entrusted with their insurance, risk management, and loss control going forward. That is valuable. You are not, my friends, please listen up, you are not in the insurance business. You're in the permission business. You are in the permission business. The insurance carriers are in the insurance business. You're in the quote unquote service business. We provide services. The insurance carrier provides the product. They have the policy. You, as the insurance agent, provide the services. The insurance carrier is the product. You are the brand. The insurance carrier provides the policy. You provide the actual service. You provide the servicing of it. You provide the unveiling of the services that are given to them, both in the actual policy and the carrier's services, but then also specifically yours. You are different. You are not necessarily in the insurance business, you are in something much more than that. You're in the permission business. You're in the persuasion business. You're in the service business. You're in the business of getting incumbent agents fired and you hired. Because at the end of the day, if you can't do that, then that really is the issue, is that you cannot get people fired. At the end of the day, if you can't get the incumbent agent fired, you cannot get hired. Period. That's how it lasts. That's how it works. Unfortunately, somebody is probably sitting in your chair. Unless you're working on a brand new group or a brand new sort of virgin um, insured that's never been in business before, so they've never had insurance before. If they've been around and they've got an insurance policy, they've got an agent. Somebody else is providing that service. You have to get the insured to give you the permission to represent them. When they give you the permission, you are basically pushing someone else out of the chair. And if you can't get people out of the chair, if you can't competitively dethrone the people who are sitting in the chairs, if you can't competitively dethrone the incumbent agent, you, my friends, will not win a single client. Period. So you're not in the quoting business. Insurance underwriters quote. They're the ones who put together quotes. You are not a surplus lines broker or a wholesale broker. They're the ones who gather quotes. You're a little bit different. You are an insurance agent, a retail agent that represents the insurance buyer. Different. We don't quote. You don't quote. Let's try to think about it. Just if we can, if I can get this through my thick head that you, that I don't quote, then what would I do? What would I provide? If I don't quote, what am I going to provide? Look, there's a lot of different things that you can do. And I do absolutely think that there are some services that you can provide to the insured that actually help them to understand the value that you provide, what's going to be the valuable outcome or the intended outcome of whatever it is that you're providing. I do believe that you can whet their appetite about what it would be like to do business with you, but that doesn't mean that you're gonna go out and do all of this extra work with no real buy-in from them. The permission
1: to BOR is everything, everything. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right, I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers and I said to him, "Dude."
0: And if I can say it even this way, and I say it a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but not too much. I mean, I, I, I actually mean it with all my heart, but I say it a little bit tongue-in-cheek. If you aren't going after the broker of record letter, you're a sucker. Yep. For the most part. It's not always true, but for the most part, and I mean it, oh, I mean it in just the nicest way. I don't mean it to be rude by any means. I don't want to be rude, but you're a sucker. You're just playing the game. If you go through a normal competitive quoting process, let me just say it this way. Wow, let's let's kind of flip it. If you decide to go through a normal competitive renewal process, you are helping the incumbent agent. Yep, you're helping the incumbent agent. Let's just say that again. If you go through a normal competitive renewal process, you are helping the agent. Yep, absolutely you're giving the incumbent agent time you might even be uh, tipping him or her off that they now have competition and guess what happens look if you know that you've got competition on your account aren't you going to spend a little bit of extra time on it getting it all prepared and getting out to the marketplace as quickly as possible in order to secure your markets so that nobody else can beat you and block you out absolutely if you're not then that would be foolish but I'm just telling you that if you decide to go through a normal competitive renewal process, you're giving the incumbent agent time. You might be tipping him or her off to the fact that they're getting quotes. The insurance buyer, look, look, and this is crazy. I even have some. I've even heard of many agents, some agents, many agents, whatever it is, who say to their insurance prospect, "Can you please contact your current agent and get copies of the loss runs?" <laughs> I'm telling you, I uh, I have no idea. That is a sucker move if I ever heard one in my life. To tip off your competition that you're actually doing that? Wow, that doesn't make any sense. If Certainly, if you're going to go through a normal quoting process, right? So to go through a quoting process, you're just enabling the incumbent agent to retain that business. That's why the incumbent agent has a 92% retention rate in a normal competitive bid situation. The broker of record letter, however terminates the relationship with the incumbent agent. It fires them. It removes them from the entire sequence. It removes them as a variable. They are handed their hat. They are excused from the party. They are excluded from the process going forward. That's what a signed broker of record letter does. You simply get rid of the competition. Might as well focus on that. Really, might as well focus on that. I mean, how many times in your life, in your career, have you gone through a quoting process and not won? I mean, a a lot of agents might say, well, my winning percentage is, you know, 20%, one out of five, or one out of four, 25%. Some might even say, well, I'm as high as 40%. Four out of ten, I will win in a normal quoting process. My thought is that. If they allowed you to win four out of ten times in a normal quoting process, it's quite likely they would have given you the broker record letter if you would have asked for it in the first place. It's quite likely that they would have just allowed you to access whatever carriers you wanted if they were willing to make that switch in a normal quoting process. But think about it: even a forty percent win ratio means that you lose sixty percent of the time. How much time this last year did you waste quoting and not winning? Literally, how many hours? You could have been hanging out with your spouse. You could have been hanging out with your kids could have been fishing, could have been driving a sports car, could have been shopping, I don't know what you could have been doing, could have been doing anything else. But instead, you're playing the role of a sucker by going through a quoting process and not a winning process. So, The broker of record letter is everything. The broker of record letter literally is everything. It is the fastest, smartest, most ethical approach to building a $1 million or more book of business. If you control the policies right now, you are the broker of record. If you have policies for your client right now, you have clients, you are the broker on record. You are. So whoever controls the policies is the winner. If you go through a quoting process and you don't control carriers, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. At least you're going to have a losing percentage. Permission is everything. You either have it or you don't. What I want you to do is I want you to start figuring out what can you do in your career to begin focusing more on permission. How can you position yourself with your insurance buyer, the prospect, so that you are positioned better, to be awarded a signature. That you are positioned in a stronger position than the incumbent agent. What can you do to get there? I actually think there's a lot of things you can do there. But it's also one of those things where it sort of just doesn't happen. You don't just sort of fall into success. Nobody, Nobody trips out of mediocrity and suddenly becomes successful. It doesn't happen that way. We have to be thinking about it. We have to be forward-thinking. We have to be brainstorming. We have to begin to implement. And so I would tell you that there are certainly things that you can do to put yourself in a stronger position to win the business. What are some of those things? you got to become an expert at your micro niche. Stop being a generalist and start getting focused on winning. You can't have a 1,000 clients. You can only have whatever your number is, 50, 70, 100, 30, whatever is the number of clients that you can handle at any one time, that's your number. So you don't have to be all things to all people. Let's just say the number is is 100. That's high. I'll just say it's a number. 100 businesses is all you can handle, 100 businesses companies, out of all the companies in the United States of America, all you can handle is 100. You don't have to have generalist marketing. You don't have to have generalist prospecting. You don't have to have a generalist mindset. You can just go all in on a particular micro niche, and you can be the best agent of choice inside that micro niche, inside your geographic territory. Might as well. You're much more likely to get permission when the insured sees you as somebody who really understands them you're much more likely to be given the insurance permission when they see you as the most obvious choice of which agent to do business with. If the account is an auto dealership and you are an, an insurance agent who specializes in auto dealerships, and you know the markets that are writing the auto dealerships, and you can tell them which carriers you know are typically um, competitive right now, and you can even tell them the names of the underwriters that you're going to be working with in each of those carriers. And then there's two other agents maybe that are also kind of talking to the insured, and they don't come across as really having much of um, an expertise in auto dealerships. Maybe they've been in the business for a while, but they're just, they just really don't have it. Look, it becomes obvious about who should be the one to represent them going forward. Micro niching is all, is so important. It is very important to getting permission. The second thing after making sure that you are micro niched is that you need to become an expert at finding problems the insured has in their business and in their insurance program. Problems, problems, problems. You need to be like a, you need to be an expert at psychotherapy when it comes to business you know, you got to you got to almost picture your appointments with an insured you're kind of like dr freud sitting in a chair and you know the insured is like laying down on a leather couch and you're kind of like trying to figure out what are the problems here what's really going on behind the scenes if you will you got to kind of be like that you got to dive deep into the problems the insured is dealing with in their entire industry and in their insurance program if you can't find problems it's unlikely that they're going to choose you there's no reason to make a horizontal switch from one agent to another if there's no benefit so you got to really become professional at uncovering problems, problems and pains in the insurance uh, program with the incumbent agent, agency, the the carrier, the policy, the plan, in order for you to actually have a winning shot. So you got to have that micronich. That's one. You got to be able to uncover problems. That's two. Number three is that you got to have the right services. This is your twelve month timeline of services. You have to have it. If you don't have it, you're a sucker. You're going to lose. You're going to get rolled. You're not going to win. They're not going to see any reason for you to be the one agent. Just because you can uncover problems doesn't mean you have solutions. you got to have solutions. The services, the 12-month timeline of services that you offer is branded. It is micro-niched. It is focused on them. It talks about the problems that they have, and then specifically it presents the solutions to those problems. It is what you offer on a 12-month basis. It is very detailed, and it actually shows them step by step by step when you're going to do things. That's your timeline of services. It really is your value differentiation. It's the reason they would choose you. It's why they would give you permission. It's why they would sign your broker of record letter. So the first part, micro niche. The second part, you gotta figure out how to become an expert at uncovering problems. The third part is that you need a written, strategic, objective, 12-month timeline of services that shows them the differentiation and the value that you provide. That's the third. Now here becomes the big issue. You need to ask for the business. Hashtag ask for the sale. You got to ask for the sale. If you don't ask for the sale, you're going to lose. You have to actually ask for it. If you don't ask for their business, if you don't ask for their signature, the expectation is that you're going to quote. We have to be able to hold the hand of our insured and take them down the path that we want them to go. Remember, your insurance buyer is typically like a four-year-old when it comes to understanding insurance. They really don't know how it works. They don't know what they have to do. They don't know how it is quoted. They don't know what's taking place behind the scenes when you're gone. They really don't know what you want. They're not mind readers and they don't understand insurance. It's a different language to them. So they don't get it. We have to be able to tell the insured what we want, be very clear, but then also give them the reason of why we're asking for this. Why do I want to represent the current carrier and the other carriers going forward? Better give them a good reason. Explain to them how you're going to actually begin causing competition to take place at the underwriting level and not the, insurance by, uh, not the insurance agent level. That's where the competition needs to take place. Not you. You don't quote. You don't have the pen. You can't determine what the rates are, what the credits are, what the debits are, and so forth. The underwriter does that. You are the middleman, if you will. You are the person who is the brand, the ambassador. So explain to them what you're going to do behind the scenes, why you should be awarded that. Why should they give you the permission? It has to be a valid... Valid reason. Hmm. Permission to broker of record letter. Permission to BOR. Permission to get the signature. Permission to win. Permission to dethrone the competition. Permission to represent every carrier that you want. Permission to give them the services that they need. Don't move forward in the process until you have the insurer's express permission. If the insurer doesn't trust you, don't go forward yet. There's still some work to do. There's still some groundwork here to do. Until the insured actually trusts you, until they give you the permission, don't do a lot of extra work. Really spend the time uncovering the problems, presenting the solutions, work for the permission. If they don't give it to you, go back to square one, uncover the problems, reiterate what the issues are, why the problems exist, because the incumbent agent hasn't done it, because the insurance carrier isn't there for you, whatever it is. Then present your solutions again. What services are you going to provide to ensure that they get a much better result? Then again, ask for the business. I feel that there's a very small percentage of insurance buyers out there who who won't stop doing business with their uh, with their current agent, right? I just, you know, there's definitely people out there that's their brother-in-law, it's their friend, whatever it is. They just, you know, they're only going to do business with that insurance agent. Yeah, there's definitely people like that. Very small percentage. The rest of them will either make a switch real quick because they're not really happy, satisfied, or loyal to their current agent because the agent hasn't done anything, or if given a better option, a better, a better um, option as an agent, maybe they would choose that. Maybe they would make that switch. I wonder, can you become an insurance professional? If you feel like you need permission, let me just tell you this. I give you permission to profit. I, Charles Speck, give you listeners' of the Millionaire Insurance Producer podcast. Permission to profit. Permission to collect signatures on broker of record letters. Do that, and you'll be well on your way to having success. Again, the broker of record letter is the fastest, smartest, most ethical approach to building a $1 million or more book of business. My name is Charles Speck. I'm the president and CEO of Permission Sales. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.